Welcome back to the Fear and Beer Podcast, where we discuss all things Halloween Horror Nights, horror movies, and just a little bit of beer. I'm Nick. And I'm Seamus. Like scary movies. Uh Uh-huh. Here's Johnny. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. You miss me. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Before we get into tonight's episode, we want to remind all of those listening on Apple Podcasts to drop us a five-star review. It helps us grow as a podcast and build our audience. If you're listening on Spotify or any other platform, follow us, and don't forget to share with friends and family who might have a little bit of the strange in them as well. And while you're on those socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, be sure to find us, Fear and Beer Pod. Give us a like, share, and you can always message us. We'd love to interact with all you guys. Oh man, what a week! What a announcement heavy week! We have so much to talk about this week. Uh, I He's just kidding I, everybody. <laughs> He's joking. Nothing. Obviously, if you can't hear the if you can't hear the sarcasm in his voice, <laughs> it could be that we're recording at ten thirty at night. But that besides the point. But yeah, there's <laughs> been just a host of drops on Twitter. Yep, yep. Here we are, uh, early July with three houses announced. So. We don't have much to dis- uh, discuss today, I guess. Uh, we did push this recording as last minute as we could in case you know Horror Nights wanted to drop something on Thursday at 9 p.m., which probably would have been so beneficial for them. But we've been doing pretty good with like getting episodes out pretty fast after announcements, so I guess we really can't complain too much about the timing of, uh, of things on that end. No. So I guess we'll just talk about some recent rumors. Uh, you recently saw the black phone. I saw it last week, so we can kind of discuss that a yeah. little bit. I saw it last night. So we'll uh, we'll jump into that. Um, being that this is a throw together ten thirty Thursday night recording, I just got back from the movies. I have to work in the morning. I do not have a beer on me right now. I just didn't plan ahead accordingly, and don't have anything in the fridge right now. That's that's worth cracking. Yeah, um, I'm but- drinking cheap beer, so. Do not have time to go find real beers right now. This this week brought things you going by. on at home, so it's just been a crazy week. So yeah, yeah. So we'll throw this together real quick because we didn't want to go too long without giving some content to the beautiful, beautiful people that listen to Fear and Beer, waiting for all these announcements, just like we are. So let's get into it a little bit. Um, the most recent rumors uh, are that when Evil Dead came back onto the map, there's been a lot of rumors now that that has been pulled. So the Evil Dead house was supposedly Evil Dead Rise, uh, which is an upcoming movie. I think it's going right to HBO. Um, it's produced with uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell attached to it. And it's kind of like this. It, it takes place in L.A. It's got a lot of apartment buildings and stuff like that. And that kind of goes along to what people were saying, that they're they're seeing a lot of sets being pulled out of that studio. Uh, so something something dropped out last minute because the movie ended up getting pushed. Uh, so there's no point in taking uh, putting a house out before the the movie, you know, it's a little counterproductive, I think. Yeah, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because one, they may have to give stuff away in the house that you know could be in the movie or would be in the movie or would give away things from the movie. And if the movie's not going to be out yet, I can't imagine the studio would want HHN giving away things. So, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It makes more sense to pull it if that's if that's the case. Obviously, this is just rumor. We don't really know anything like for fact, but that's what the grapevine is saying is that this house was pulled because of the delay. 
Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. I guess um, the question then would be, I mean, you're left at that point with three options. It is pretty late. I mean, we are two months away from the event, and that doesn't take into consideration, you know, the staffing for the house, the, you know, the walkthroughs, the training, casting, all that stuff. So that leaves us with, I mean, three options, replace it with an IP, which seems like it would be a little bit tougher to to pull off last minute. I know it's been done before, but it seems like that that wouldn't probably be the the most sought out route for this. Uh, second option would be putting an original house in there, seemingly kind of like um, how Billie Eilish flipped into case files, but that was on a much longer timeline. I mean, that they had that whole year to, to bring that in there. Um, and I guess, unfortunately, the third option would be would be nine houses instead of that 10th house. So what do we, where do you think they're going to go from here? Um, if you want my early opinion, my early opinion will be that they'll probably just stick with the nine houses that they've already got set up and planned for. I don't know if they'll do a quick turnaround on anything. I mean, there's a chance that they would, but there's no guarantee that that's actually going to happen or not. So uh, my early indication would be that just go with the nine because, you know, Oh, well, we have one less house this year. It's not like I can't see that being a huge detriment to many people. I know it's going to stink. I mean, it's not like, you know, you expect 10 houses, but if you don't get 10 houses, one less is not really going to be the, a deal breaker for me. Um, but I mean, I could potentially see them flipping it to a to an original last second. It's just that that's going to be a lot of work. Um, I mean, I, I think they've done it before where they've had to flip a house bef- you know, before, but it's not always probably easy to come up with new ideas using existing structure or framework because you probably really can't rebuild an entire house from scratch in two months. You probably have to take what's there and do your best to mask all the evil dead type stuff. If that's really what it was and be able to make new things or, or, or new original stuff or fill it with things that you have already. So it would take a lot, I think for them to, to redo that, but who knows? I mean, they've got a ton of talented people on staff, so you never know. They might be able to pull that, pull that off. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think they'll go the nine house route. I mean, I selfishly don't want that, but it's tough because you know, there's, there's the rumors started to circulate because they saw stuff being pulled out. So it kind of does, confuse me a little bit in the sense that you know you couldn't you just work an original story or i mean if it was set up like a high-rise apartment building kind of thing wouldn't i I, my first thought would be just create an original concept or original story around that infrastructure unless they're like dead set on bringing evil dead rises um to the event once it releases but i i think you could mask the setting a little bit and create a pretty cool story about that i mean it depends i'm sure a lot of the settings aren't set in stone for originals so they could just kind of swing something that way no i know that but you've got to consider that they have to make all new costumes probably yeah. um and unless they're going to do generic zombies and skyscrapers <laughs> you know it's it, it, that's too close I, I think that would if they're if they're hedging their bets on not losing the rights to that movie then i don't think they want to step on toes or push buttons so can they come up with brand new scare actors and costumes and everything else in two months they might i'm sure they probably can find a way to do that but it's just do they have enough time to to do that i guess is the point Mm -hmm. and then one of the most 
like unlikely scenarios would be IP. Um, and that, that's a tough one too. Cause I mean, that's the whole, you know, gaining rights thing. So your first, your first instinct would be to kind of look across the coast to Hollywood and see if they have, you know, the connections that you can kind of piggyback off of and, and jump in and be like, Hey, I mean, I know it's last minute, but is there something we could swing here? Um, we do know that there's a lot of sets being built similar to the town or not similar to the town. It is the town from Nope, um, being built over in Hollywood. And I, I think that's just for the tram ride. I don't know if that's necessarily for the house, but I, I think it's being rumored as a house over in Hollywood. So, I mean, that might be the easiest route for an, an IP. Um, but I, I don't see an, another like random IP coming to the event. So last minute, because those you want to lock down early on because no, you have you to gotta- replicate stuff. You have to imagine that no matter what they would do in those two scenarios, they'd have to rebuild some some things. They can't just completely use the same sets yeah. entirely. They'd have to have some time to rebuild some things. So the question is, is how much would they have to rebuild and do they have enough time between now and September 2nd to be able to do that? That's the biggest question because it's less than two months, just about two months. That's a lot of work if they if they haven't started doing anything yet um because it sounds like it if this was if this is truly the case that sounds like it was probably dropped on them last second they probably didn't expect this to happen like they weren't told ahead of time so they didn't yeah, have, I think have so. enough time to to rethink it i guess is my point like i don't i don't know i don't, I don't know if there was enough planning um time for, for for universal to kind of you know make up their minds as to what they want to do with it how are they going to convert it and how much you know labor is it going to take to do that yeah and when you're like a, a studio you know making a movie obviously horror nights is, is big to us but when you're working on like a big hollywood production that's going to hbo the last thing on your mind is you know while the movie is being pushed the last thing on your mind is probably like oh hey we should probably you know, they, they got a haunted house yeah, being made about this movie yeah, in Orlando, Florida. Not, we should probably give them a call. Yeah, they're not going out of their way to make sure. No, so it probably got passed down the pipeline a little bit later than it, you know, realistically could or should have been uh, to kind of give, you know, Horror Nights a, a fair crack at things to, to rectify the situation and create something in there. And who knows, maybe maybe they had known about this and, and them pulling stuff out was you know, maybe they were already working on stuff like room by room in there. Maybe they are already started construction and they're just bringing out stuff that they hadn't used. You know, there's nobody saying that, well, I saw the inside of the house and everything got torn down and then brought outside and now it's bare. So, I mean, yeah, all we saw no, was stuff coming out. You should reiterate again that this is no, that we're not going off of hard fact. We're, we're going off no, of it's the hearsay. and the hearsay that's come out of there. So we're just kind of giving you, you know, our, interpretation if it to be true what we what do we think um so don't take this as, as like you know oh well the fear and beer guy said that you know they're definitely <laughs> removing a house like this is definitely happening we don't know any more than you do we're just kind of doing a thought exercise and determining what we think is going to happen because yeah i mean we saw items of interest being removed from houses last year before mm-hmm. everything started yep. so it doesn't necessarily mean that there's definitely not going to be 10 houses um, but you know, as of right now, the rumor mill 
is putting it out there that there will only be nine houses. And all I'm saying, I think from my perspective, I'm not as bummed out by it as you are. Um, I know that it's it kind of sucks because, you know, you expect 10 houses. That's what they've been doing. But one less house is not going to ruin it for me. I mean, I don't do all 10 houses in one night anyways. And I usually no. pick two or three that I fall in love with. And I do those ones over and over again. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> like, to be honest with you, I'm serious. Like, look at last year. I did Haunted, I did Hill House once and Beetlejuice yeah. twice. So if I had to give up one of those, you yeah, know, that's fine. it's not going to, it's not going to kill me that I can only do, I can't, you know, I can't do it at all rather than yeah, just and, doing it once and never doing it again. So yeah, that's why I look at it that way. I mean, obviously I think if, if, if it's, if, if, if it truly was evil dead, like if this is true and you were super excited about that house, yeah, I can see that being a, you know, that kind of sucks, but again, but I'm even not still like, like lose sleep over it especially like we've talked about it before and like evil dead i'm fine with it it's a fun title um but that was us basing it off of the original but this house being based off of evil dead rises a movie that i've never seen honestly hadn't even heard about until i had started seeing that oh it actually wasn't the original it was this new you know yeah. la high-rise apartment building movie thing i, I mean, streaming movie too yeah i i haven't seen a, a lick of anything about this movie i i don't even know if there's a trailer um but, you know, premise alone, I mean, it's not something that grabs me, doesn't gravitate towards it. Um, you know, so, I mean, if that's if that's what we're losing, I'm more than fine with it. Um, I do have that gut feeling that they'll they'll pull something out. Um, I think it'll be an original if I had to guess, just because I, th- I think they'll do the 10th house, but I, I don't think there's enough time for an IP. And I think, you know, just hearing them talk about the process of the housing construction and, and storytelling at that spooky empire uh booth you know there's a, a plethora of ideas that they kind of s- sit on i don't think they necessarily have backups like at the ready because you know why invest that time on a on a you know just hope not hoping but on the off chance like this happens uh, but i think they have enough you know stuff in their backpack or their pockets that they can pull something out quickly and be like okay well we can work it like this but th- th- it's going to be really quick turn around yeah i mean it has to be quick i mean i guess to kind of to wrap up this discussion i think that at least as part of the discussion i think that from both our perspectives what i'm gathering is like for me i don't expect them to do a 10th house if they really are if they really did drop this at this point um i don't see it happening i think you're more along the lines that you could see them doing it i I would i i think i would agree with you that they, that they that they could do it but what it's going to require is them having to do another sequel house to an original where they already have a bunch of props where they can just quickly yeah. rebuild a new, a new structure and using the existing maze and just build new props within within it and then kind of have the plans in their back pocket for scare actors and, and costuming so that way they don't have to spend a ton of time doing that because i'm like, like i said if you've got through one house if you've got 35 45 scare actors that all need costumes you still need to, you got to take the time to rebuild and build all those all those things again and then it's not i don't think i can't imagine it's a it's a very quick process um no but, i can't yeah i can't either because like i mean the um, other thing too is like are they gonna have to pull staff from other things that they're working on to come over and redo a lot of these things for a new house because we don't have a 10th house as of as of right now so they got to pull people from other projects to do that and that's again the other thing too is like are they trying to get everything else done um you know before the event happens with that with the existing stuff 
Uh, and if they have, do they have the ability to spare people to do that? That's the, that's, that's just my biggest question. Like I, yeah. I think at the moment, I don't think that they do, nor would I don't think they would worry about it. Like I said, I, I think my thing is like, if they were like, crap, we're, we're dropping, we're losing like set, like three houses and we're down to seven. I think that's a more dire situation than it is. Oh yes. We yeah. lose one house versus, you know, versus that. I, I, it really comes down to does universal see it as a, huge issue are they going to lose a bunch of you know at the gate ticket ticket sales because they only have nine versus 10 houses this year mm-hmm. i don't know that, that that's the question needs to be answered yeah that would be curious too so like if it does go to nine you know we're walking down a completely hypothetical road but if it does go down to nine what does that do for for pricing does it stay the same as last year does it, it do they the continue same. to go up i don't think i don't think they'd have any reason to to drop ticket prices i mean I, I kind of see where you're coming from, but I think you would need to cut it in half before you see any sort of like ticket price drop just because ticket prices really haven't gone up much. No, like 20 bucks a piece. Yeah. So it's not like it's, a, it was, it's been a drastic increase. So I don't really see them doing a drastic decrease because one house is, isn't there. Would yeah. they maybe do, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe cut, cut down on, on, on the, on the, at the gate single night tickets, maybe, but they're not going to mm-hmm. change the prices of the freaking fear passes or, or any of the special stuff. I yeah. think that if anything, you might see rather than it being, I don't know what it is actually for single gate for single day tickets, but if it's like a hundred dollars, they drop it to 90. Like I, I can't imagine it being yeah. a huge drop if anything, but yeah, I, I could at, see at the end of the day. My answer is no, I don't think they're going to do any type of ticket price. Drop. Yeah. I think they would just not increase. I don't think they would ever decrease it. I just don't think that, you know, if we went down that road and there was not that, you know, 10 house map, I don't think it would increase the price. Um, I mean, but no, who knows the theme park. So you never know, but I would, I would be inclined that a non increase is essentially a decrease because we're so used to every year, yeah, well, you know, something slowly getting more and more. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that happening. I mean, whatsoever. I, I don't think anybody would see that in any right mind would see, would, would think that the ticket prices would go up in this situation. Um, and to be honest with you, it's not like they're going to nine houses permanently. It's just this year they ran into a snag with something and they potentially won't have the full 10 house allotment. I mean, it's not like they're not going to go back to 10 houses the following year. If this is yeah, no. but again, I mean, just to reiterate once more, we don't know if this is true or not. We're just talking out our ass. I mean, it could very we're well be that they have here. 10 houses. They've got one other one that they're going to put together and they're going to do it in two months and, and they'll be ready by opening night. But um, I guess my point is, is that if it is true and they do only have nine houses, I, it's not like this is permanent. It's not a thing that's no. happening every year. No, it was just a one off. So. I guess we can get into that second uh, part of our, our episode really is the, the black phone and you, you saw it most recently. So let's, um, why don't you give your take on it? I'll, I'll give mine and then we can kind of talk about how maybe this would translate into a house. And obviously, uh, spoilers ahead. If you have not seen the black phone, oh, I'm yeah. sure we'll, we'll touch <laughs> on point. some things here that, so, that yeah, we'll, I'll just say, we'll, we'll, I mean, this is going to be kind of like, like a mini killer review. We're not going to go yeah. through the entire plot line, but there are probably going to be spoilers dropped here and there um just kind of give you our two cents on the movie and then where we think for from seeing it what are we going to potentially see in the house um i don't know do you want to kind of go through your thoughts on the movie first or do you want me to start uh if you you can go that's fine all right since it's fresh in my it's brain fresher I, in your I, mind, I literally so. just saw it last last night so yeah i, um, yeah, I didn't see it last night ago, so. um first time 
probably will be my only time watching it in the theaters. I'm probably at this point going to have to wait till it comes into streaming to see it again. But um, I, I mean, first thoughts, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I was pretty well invested in it. Um, turns out I actually do own the collection of short stories that this movie is based off of. So there's <laughs> one short story that Joe Hill worked on or wrote in a part of his 20th century ghosts book called the black phone, basically the same title. Um, and I completely forgotten it. So that shows you how I don't want to say strong the, the story is, but how easily forgettable the story was. Um, not that it's bad. I mean, this isn't me saying that it's bad. It's just one of those short stories where it doesn't stick with you. So I completely forgot that I'd even, that I'd even read it. I read it. <laughs> I read, read it. it the book. I read it so well. Um, <laughs> so, but basically, so uh, I had completely forgotten I had it. And then, you know, I kind of Googled a little bit during the movie and I used my phone I'm, oops, uh, and found that the story was actually from that collection of, of, of stories. I was like, oh, crap, I actually had that at home. So I watched the whole movie, enjoyed it, had a, had a good time, came home and sat on the toilet for 20 minutes and read the short story again, just because I was like, <laughs> I don't remember reading this. Um, and after doing that, I realized that uh, much like any adaptation, they basically took a 20 page short story because it's all it is, is 20 pages in this small mm -hmm. book. Um, and turned it into an hour and 45 minute movie. So you can see that for the most part, the movie follows the, the key points of the story, but does its own thing. Um, a lot of the story beats, a lot of the things that happen in it are very, very lightly touched on in the short story, like barely touched on, but there for a paragraph and that's it. And they, you know, expand on it a lot more in the movie. So, um, without giving too much away, it, it definitely does expand upon it in, in quite its own way and then do its own thing. Um, I'll actually say that the whole black phone part of the black phone movie um, is for the most part created for the movie. Um, it's, it's obviously, it's obviously a, the main part of the short story, but it only happens once. Like one kid calls him where in the movie, you know, it's four or five times. That's interesting. Four. I didn't know that. So, yeah, the Bruce Yamada character is actually the only character outside of Finney who in the movie um, are basically the same character from the book, um, from the story. I keep, I keep saying a book. It's not, it's not a whole book. It's just, a, like I said, it's a 20-page short story. So those two characters are in the movie. The other characters either aren't mentioned at all or mentioned kind of in passing. And his sister isn't the same name. Her name is different. Um, and like I said, the whole like pseudo psych, you know, pseudo, what do you call it there? Like, like she's got like special powers, I guess you're kind of, like, Oh, yeah, like psych, assuming, the psych style yeah, aspect. you're assuming she's got some sort of like sight or something like that. It's very, very, very loosely, um, referenced in the story it's barely it's barely even mentioned but it's it's kind of it's almost like to read through the lines to kind of see what's going on but yeah. what i find interesting is that the movie is shot very much like how the story is written and i love that about it so you'll notice like in the movie there's certain parts where like the phone rings in one scene with the sister and the father or whatever and then it quick cuts to the boy to finney in the in the room and the phone's ringing so yeah that's very reflective of how Joe writes the short story in, in a way. So it's like 
you're reading like a, a section, like, a, like a, I don't want to call them chapters, but they're broken up into like one, two, three, I think seven different parts. And like in each individual part, the writing is very quick cutty. So like you're reading about okay. the sister and then it quickly cuts to like Finney in the room and you're talking now from his perspective again. So it, it, it to, what I kind of like about the movie is that he found uh, Derrickson found a Scott Derrickson, the director found a very uh, cool way of showing that writing style, but in a visual sense. Um, so I like that about it. And then the other thing too, is if you, if you like sinister, which is basically, you know, Scott's other horror movie, I don't know if he's done anything else, but that's the one I recognize. Did um, um, exorcism Emily Rose, I think. Oh, did he do that one? All right. Okay. And Dr. Strange, the first one. Oh, so he did this. So he did that a strange way. Is that you, but the thing is, they're so different stylistically, obviously, because it's a superhero movie versus a horror movie. Yeah thriller movie so it's like completely different but this one is very reminiscent of sinister it has that grindhousey grindhousey feel um like sinister did it's got that grainy eight millimeter type um scenes in it yeah without giving too much away but you have you have those same type of like home footage almost style scenes um mm-hmm. so it's I, I, very I reminiscent like of sinister it. yeah i like that aspect of it um but yeah, I mean, the only problem with that movie is that, again, you're working off a 20-page short story, so the characters don't have a ton of um, character build at all. That They're very two-dimensional. Um, you st- not that you don't like a lot of the characters. like I, you, you do like Finney for, for who he is, for what little you actually learn about him, um, the sister. And there are certain scenes in this movie that are actually kind of hard to watch, to be honest with you. At least there's definitely one scene in particular, and I don't know if you are remembering which one I'm talking about, but there is one scene involving the father and the two and the sister. And the, oh yeah. Yeah. Really, really difficult, really hard to watch and come to find out. I, I realized that the father is up him from saving Pirate Ryan. So you hate him even more. Oh, okay. <laughs> Makes more he sense. His, that, yeah. He, he let his I mean, comrade die. So now I mean, I'm like, jump, I hate you even more now. Jumping into, to your, your part of the discussion is yeah, that was, that was one part of the, the movie that I, I just, I didn't, there was no payoff for that at the end. You know, it was just that was a that was a letdown for me because I, I, I thought something else was going to be coming um, from Finney to kind of defend his his sister a little bit, and I'm sure that happened off camera or something like that. But it just it seemed like you know the father, obviously a you know giant piece of shit, like never got his like punishment. You know, he was just yeah, kind of left unchecked. I think again. I think where you and I are probably going to have the same, same opinion is that it definitely feels the movie feels not empty, but it feels short sighted. Like it could have benefited from another, from another 25, 30 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times that's not something you say about movies in particular, horror movies. Like you don't need an extra 35, 40 minutes. Yeah, no, usually we're like, a cut of this, movies. Cut yeah. A lot of it's like, it's too bloated and there's too much going on. And I don't need to know all this, but for this movie, I think it would have benefited for a little bit more from a little bit more time and a little bit more time with the characters. But again, at the same time, working off the source material, there's not a lot there. So depending on who wrote the script, I, I don't know if I actually don't know if Joe Hill adapted the screenplay himself or if somebody else did it off of his work. And he was just kind of there as like a, as like a producer and, and, you know, um, like help, like, basically assistance yeah. to it. Uh, I would yeah. assume much Scott like most and, uh, Scott Derrickson wrote the screenplay he did. Um, okay, along so with did. Uh, Robert Cargill, who was also with him on Sinister and Dr. Strange okay. 2 right. or Dr. Through Strange that, 1. Sorry. 
So that makes that that actually makes sense. So Joe Hill didn't really I mean, I'm sure he was there to kind of like give pointers to him, but he didn't treat the screenplay himself. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense. But part of it's because, again, the story is very short. It's it's not a very long story. So they had to take a lot of what's there and build off of that. Now, I think for me, the one aspect that is basically completely different and is completely uh, out of the mind of Scott Derrickson, this is going to kind of lead us into um, the house part of it too. So I'll let you kind of talk about how you felt about the movie before we do that. But um, the character of um, the the grabber, yep. Ethan Hawke's character, they actually don't, I don't believe they credit him by the character name. I think it's just the grabber. That's how they refer to him the entire movie. But in the story, yeah. his name is Al. Okay. And he's a fat, bald guy. Um, <laughs> whereas in the movie, he's Ethan Hawke, who isn't looking like he's not too ripped. We've seen him. We've seen yeah. him with the shirt. Off a looking a little times. swole. He's, he's mini he's got, swole. He's got a little bit of little bit of a billy, beer belly, but he's definitely not fat. In the book, he at the story, he comes off as a lot more a lot more hefty um, bald. He looks a lot different, or at least you picture him to be a lot different than what you see in the movie, but Homer they do get, exactly. But what they do get right, I think is the, how is how Joe describes the bad guy in the grabber in the story. Um, very much fits the character of Ethan Hawke or Ethan Hawke's character in, in the movie. I think that's really great. But the thing with the masks, that's completely fabricated for the movie. That's nothing to, he doesn't wear masks in the, in the story. Um, so that's, mm -hmm. that's something that they came up with, which I think works because you have to kind of visualize the bad guy and in books and stories, it doesn't always work that way because unfortunately the way he, most authors write is it leaves it up for interpretation by the reader, which I think is a good way to do it. Sometimes, sometimes it can be done right. Sometimes it can be done wrong, but so that's kind of cool. And we'll kind of lead into like the house a little bit based on that, because that's honestly visually the most striking thing about the whole movie is his um, the way the way his masks changed throughout the movie, which I think is really creepy. That might be the creepiest part of the movie. Um, but before we go into the house, um, if you have any other thoughts on how the movie was for you, if you have any uh, differing opinions on, on some of it, um, I think to end my point, I, I, I liked it. Didn't wasn't wowed by it, but also wasn't um, underwhelmed either. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> I think I'm kind of along the same lines as you, honestly, there was a good movie. I did enjoy it. Um, I, like I said earlier, I think there was some, some parts of the movie that were left unchecked. Uh, you know, I think the, the big redeeming qualities of this movie were, were Finn as the actor. He did a great job in the, in yes. I think all, honestly, the whole movie. I mean, I think honestly, to be honest, <laughs> that's, we said that three more three more times. To be honest, I think that most of the character most most of the actors in this movie did a great job. Um, I don't yep. think there was really any bad acting necessarily. Um, but yeah, continue. No, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was great. His sister was hilarious. Um, was you know, it was a good it was a good quick little story on a very delicate matter. Um, I thought that the the masks, um, which I did read that were those were created by Savini, Tom Savini. So okay. he did the mask for this. Um, I liked it. I, thought it was, I thought it was an interesting concept. It took me a little bit to kind of pick up on the like, oh, he's on the phone. But he's, you know, he's not on the phone. It's, it took a little bit of going back and forth, much like you said, the whole grindhouse aspect of it, where it, it cuts to those, like the reels, very similar to sinister. Um, I really liked that. Um, I loved that aspect of his, like, 
outside persona, <laughs> the little magician with the the black balloons. I was kind of hoping to see more of that more in the that, beginning. Yeah. Um, cause that was a cool little, uh, you know, concept, I guess, or, or style. Um, obviously I don't right. want to see a movie of kids getting abducted into vans, but you know, it's, yeah, it was, I feel like it was a portion of the character that could have been shown a little bit more. I think I, I feel like I think, and I think I agree that I think a lot of people think the same way. Like, I think they didn't do enough. They didn't show him. And like, I guess they didn't show his character enough. I mean, I, I think it works for the movie in certain ways, but in some in certain ways, I think they could have replaced some of the stuff in the beginning with more of him, but I still do. I, I do like how they, re- how, how they referenced him in the beginning of the movie where, you know, you'll see a character or a child, you know, one of the teenagers and they're riding their bikes down the street or whatever. And you see the black van come out uh, out of shot and then it just kind of fades the black. And that's your cue to know that, all right, well he just abducted this child. <laughs> At least that's yeah. what we think is happening. Um, but you're right. I think that, I think with the, there's just too they started too much and didn't really tie every end up. Like there was really probably no reason to have the father be the way he was, but because um, there really was no, yeah, not, it didn't really do much for the story. Yeah, there's no there was no redemption arc. I mean, not not, you, not that you need a redemption arc for the father, but it was kind of like he was an asshole in the beginning of the movie. And then when Finn was, you know, saved himself and got out of the house, his father was like, forgive me. And yeah. we're supposed to just have them, you know, be like, Oh, it's okay, dad, you're an asshole, but you're like, Oh, I'm instantly anymore. not an alcoholic, abusive piece right. of shit father. Everything's like, better I, now. I know. Mm, and I, and, I, and, know. I only, and I honestly wish that. And again, this part is completely fabricated for the movie. Cause in the short story, the father and the mother, the mother's still alive. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. She's not dead. Um, and really the only thing that's referenced of the father and the mother is that Finney is telling a story or narrating a story to the, to the odd, to the reader that, you know, his mother and father, you know, one night just got pissed at each other, got another argument and she left. So she's still alive, but she's, she's not, she doesn't live with them anymore. Um, I don't like that in the movie they tried to, explain away why the daughter or the sister had, and I forget, I'm forgetting her name from the movie and I feel bad that I just saw it. I forget it, but um, I don't like how they tried to explain why she's having like dreams that can see the future kind of, I guess in a way. Yeah. Um, that was that the mother uh, did it too. It's like, I, I would rather it be just leave it ambiguous. Like the story, like in the short story, how it's ambiguous. Like it's, 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 you can read it there but they don't explicitly state that, oh, well, she can actually see the future. That's how she found him. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really, it's it's really vague, really ambiguous. And it only covers like maybe two paragraphs explaining how like she ends up on a street she didn't know was there, but she somehow knew that the street was there and the house where, he's, where he was. So like they, I think they went into that more in the movie, which is fine. I think going into it more in the movie is fine, giving her more of a role in the movie. But you didn't need to be like, oh, well, your mom had these dreams and they weren't real and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Just, I would rather it just be like, just leave it that way. Like, yeah, because I don't want in this movie that's like very like real, you know, you know, there's not much, you know, it's not a, a Jason Voorhees. It's not a, a Freddy Krueger, you know, just the supernatural aspect kind of throws it into that. I mean, is this, is it real? Is it not real? Kind of th- like leave it ambiguous. Don't try and tell me she can see the future. And like, there's, 
essentially a mutant. Um, that, that was the one thing where I was like, I wanted it to be straight up, just ground level, real world survival style versus the like, oh, the sister has psychic right. abilities. And, and I guess, you know, that, you I guess. Play, yeah, like I was that's gonna my say, you can play the. <laughs> you can play the black phone off like when he's answering the call almost as like you know, like a, a stress kind of thing or, or some sort of like stuff that he's imagining um i can like i can see past that and not be like oh you know he's really taught you know stuff like that but having like the psychic ability aspect kind of threw it a little bit yeah, for me i mean you could I, I could see like that being a thing where it's actually his mind playing tricks on him mm-hmm. um in the sense that, you know, much like at the end of the movie or basically near the end of the movie where he was like when Rob, the character was telling him that, you know, you need to learn to stand up for yourself. Like I could totally see like his subconscious being the one like telling him that he's hearing these voices only to get him to stand up for himself and and, and free himself from this from the situation and kill his captor. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, the supernatural side of it I think works. I just don't, I, I just wish that they, I, I just hate that. Like she, she has the visions, she finds the house, she gets the cops to show up. And then it just doesn't like they're, they're at the wrong house. Like she sees the yeah. wrong house. Well, you know what I mean? Right like, I house, was, but wrong house. Yeah. I know. But my point is, is that like, it like, it's almost like she didn't have any, any payoff. It's like, Oh, you, it kind of worked. But in, in, in the end of the, at the end of the day, Finn freed himself. He didn't need her to find him. Yeah, it was just all too little too late. Yeah, so it's like I feel like there was too much going on. Like you you think Mm. he gave us too much. And again, I think I think where that suffers from again is the source material. I think the source material is so vague with all of it is very thin. There's not a lot going on um, and it's really short and to the point where the movie was drawn out because it has to be because it's a movie. I think they they filled in parts of the movie or they filled in parts of the story that weren't in the short story in the movie that shouldn't have been and they should have filled in other parts that weren't filled in i guess is my point um, yeah like i like the definitely add, stretch like i like the i like how they added more in the basement with finn like you know talking to more ghosts i was fine with that um mm-hmm. giving him different ways that may potentially get out of the situation he's in because again they only had the one voice he talked to in the story um so i like that part of it i just didn't like you know them trying to explain why the sister was the way she was that should have just been left alone and just let her kind of have the visions like that mm-hmm. was all fine. But the thing is, is like when the, like I said, but the dad and everything else, like they could have easily just put him off as an absent, as an absent father, absentee drunk father and left it at that. Yeah. Instead yeah. of having, it would have been the same thing. Be like more of a direct asshole to the kids because yeah. he's, you know, doesn't want her to have the same future as his mother or as, 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 as her mother. Like yes. Yeah. That's, that's silly to me, but I don't yeah, know. You could have had that same, like you just said, that same storyline of, He's not around and you could even make it that like, you don't even have to make him that he's a bad father. You can make him like just out working constantly because he, you know, he has to provide for two kids. He has to pay for this now that his wife is dead. You could have it in that sense. And then you could have him not wanting the, the daughter to believe her visions because that's what drove her mother insane. And this is why she's not with, her. you know, you could do that without having him just be the piece of shit. Right. Exactly. That's how I look at it. Um, but no, I mean, overall, I did enjoy it. Um, it's not something that, I, I mean, it's weird because this is a movie that I feel like horror movies come out and it instantly, whatever horror, new horror movie comes out, especially around this time, everyone is like, oh, this needs to be a house at Horror Nights. This needs to be, 
this isn't a movie that I would have seen and been like, oh, this would make a great house. So I guess it's a good segue into our, our next discussion. How, and how is this going to work in the Blum, the uh, horrors of Blumhouse house? Because, I mean, it will benefit from only having to fill up half a house. So a, a movie that's fairly limited in settings uh, yeah. doesn't have to be responsible for an entire house. So it, it can it no. benefit in that way. But still, it's going to be a little bit of a stretch, I'd think. I, I think I'm with you. I, I really kind of see this house being carried pretty heavily by um, Freaky. I think the Freaky part, like the first, like if Freaky's first, like the first five rooms or whatever it ends up being, the Freaky rooms will carry the the Black Phone rooms. Because to be honest with you, there isn't a lot of settings in the Black Phone. Like you're going to have potentially like an outside scene with the van yeah, and, I would you know, expect some scene like that with characters, but then the at that point, like it, yeah, and then like after that, like what do you have? You've got a basement scene. That's basically what it is. And I, I can, I mean, obviously, you're going to have the one eponymous basement scene with the, when you walk in. There's going to be a black phone on the wall, and it's going to ring and scare you, and then yep. that's going to distract you from another Ethan Hawke character who's going to come out of nowhere. Um, I mean, I could see you know, certain set pieces like the brother getting the ax in the head or, yeah. you know, um, other, you know, aspects of that. But I, I just, what are they going to do? I mean, this one's really hard for me. Like, it's going to be hard for me to, under, I mean, I guess if they just do five different basement <laughs> scenes with different, with different scare, with, with different Ethan Hawke scare actors and different masks. But honestly, I think the best part of this house for that, for that part anyways, is going to be the scare actors. Yeah, I mean they're going to have to carry this aspect of it. Yeah, I think I, don't, I think I they'll don't break see the basement. Yeah, I think they'll break the basement up into different rooms. You know, like I think one room could be that mattress with the black phone area, and then a whole other room would be like the the maybe the meat box area or the the freezer area. Or, you know, I think they'll divide that room up so that way it's not just you know, the same room re-entering, 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 which is what they did with Happy Death Day because, I mean, that's pretty much the aspect of Happy but Death Day. It was yeah. wake up, wake up, wake up. And that's what it was. The house was you kept entering the same room and it was just a different scare every time. Um, but I think I think they, I hope they heard the backlash on that and, and took that into consideration because I think, I mean, and, and who's to say it's a 50-50 split? Maybe, like you said, Freaky is, you know, the, carries this house and maybe it's like a 6-4, you know, just, you know, assuming there's, you know, out of 10, 10 rooms or whatever within the house, maybe Freaky gets six, Black Phone gets four. Like you said, one is, you know, some sort of outdoorsy scene with the van and the balloons. You know, next scene is, you know, the room with the phone. Uh, the next scene is maybe it's it's him upstairs, you know, with with uh, Ethan Hawke's characters, like, you know, if we have a, a character in a chair, you know, pretend sleeping yeah. and that's a scare. Um, you know, there, there's Definitely. three right there. And I guess you could, you know, do different aspects of the basement um, with like ghosts. You know, the you know, the kids on the on the phone could be, you know, you could have a character right on the phone and then the ghost person comes out from the other side. You know, he's kind of the distraction. Um, so they kind of pinball you that way so that you're looking at the kid on the phone and then the, the ghost kid screams in your face or something like that. Um, you know, I mean, you have the little bathroom in there. I know it's all one room, but you could divide it into different rooms within a horror nights, um, house. But I, I, again, this isn't a movie that I would have 
walked out of because I didn't. I didn't walk out and immediately go, oh man, there's a lot they could do with this. That's for sure. I mean, it's just, it's definitely going to be, uh, I'm very curious. I'm, I'm excited to see how, how this, how this, um, Blumhouse house plays out, but I don't have high expectations, but that doesn't mean I can't be surprised. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I agree with you. I think we could be pleasantly surprised by it, but after seeing the movie, I just don't see, I just can't imagine. I I don't know. I'm going to have to see this one. I'm going to have to see the house in person to really make my final judgment, obviously. But I just, I think this could be one of those situations like it was with Texas where I'm like, you know, that was fun. That was cool. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do it again though. Like, I really do think that this is probably going to be one of those houses where I do it once, maybe twice and be satisfied with that and not have to do it every night I go. Yeah. I I feel like, Yeah, I think the funny thing is too is um so when you hold up the two movies together, Freaky and Black Phone, which did you which movie did you like better? Freaky. Oh, okay, so I was gonna say I I think I enjoyed Black Phone better, but I think Freaky hmm. I think would have been really? better off as just a house, just Freaky. Yeah, in that, well, that's a that's a, that's part of where I'm going going with that is I think I think comparing the two movies, they're obviously very different tonally. Um, mm-hmm. one is more of like a black horror comedy more so than a straight horror movie. And yeah. It's, it's, it's obviously parodying or taking a, you know, taking, making fun of traditional slasher movies. Um, sorry, everybody. You can hear my dogs in the background. Um, <laughs> she's, in. she's, she wants to, you know, let us know how much she thinks I'm crazy and thinks black phone's better. Um, (laughs) Again, it's not that I don't like black phone. I did like it. I enjoyed it. Like I said, it's just comparing the two. I would prefer to watch. Like I'll watch freaky again. Yeah. I've already watched it a few times. Black phone. I may watch it one more time and that might be it. Um, Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's on streaming. Yeah. And for me, it's like, um, that bums me out a little bit because, Again, I'm a huge Stephen King nerd, and I like his Joe Hill stuff, which is his son. Um, so it all very much has the same feel, and, you know, and tone, and, and, and setting, and, and everything else. But I just don't think there's enough to it to really warrant multiple viewings. So that's why I prefer the Freaky movie, and I just think that Freaky overall, there's just so many more opportunities for house set pieces that I think you're right. I think they literally could have done a Freaky house and been done with it. Um, now it could just be that maybe they wanted to do just freaky and Blumhouse is like, no, if you're going to do anything, you have to do at least two properties. And maybe That's they, they were my, like, they, they suggested black phone to go with it. Cause it was coming out, but mm-hmm. who knows? Get that extra um, publicity from it. Right. And that's just, that. that's just us speculating. That's obviously nothing we've heard, but I could see that potentially being part of it. Um, because I, I just, I, again, not to reiterate the same points over again, I just don't, see how I don't I don't I just don't see how the black phone is going to blow me away as far as the house is concerned um, freaky will definitely have a lot of cool set pieces because there's so many different things going on in that movie but with the black phone you've got two primary locations and that's pretty much it yeah and and yeah there's there's a lot to pick up through freaky um, and and this might be a house that like maybe you know we go through more often than we think just because one side blows us away more than other yeah. and you can't really yeah. you can't do yeah. half a house so right no i agree and, and who knows i could be completely wrong i could i could fall in love with this house i want to do it every, every time but <laughs> judging from the two events i've been to 
it ends up being that I do the original houses, like I've said before, a million times, and you know, do the IPs once or twice, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, but yeah, those are I guess our my those are our final thoughts on the uh, the black phone, how it could mm-hmm. translate as a house, and the the potential of that Evil Dead Rises house uh, supposedly kind of getting stripped out from um, yeah. from AJ Chen. And look at that, we stretched it just about fifty minutes or so with know, uh, crazy <laughs> good at this. I was expecting but this to be a nice little twenty-five I mean, minute crisp episode. I mean, hopefully we'll we'll get some new news going into next week. I mean, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe we're in the drop something over the weekend or something. But hopefully by the you know episode next week, we'll have some additional new items to discuss and, and things to speculate on. But I guess we'll find out as the, as the week goes on. Um, yeah, I think I think we're going to be getting hit pretty pretty heavy and pretty often with these announcements. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if they're going to do, you know, one at a time still or, or what? Cause I remember last year when they dropped, you know, they dropped a couple of them. And then in August, I think they just put out like all of their original houses and all their scare zones and the shows. So it might be something similar to that where they maybe make yeah. one or two more announcements. Um, yeah. We might get like one more houses and then the rest they'll just dump right. out on us. Yeah. We probably will get, you know, whatever IP is remaining. Because I think we have one more IP to go. I, that's my opinion. But I think the next one will be the weekend. The weekend, um, right? Yeah, that's, that's the big name. Which is that's I, I kind of thought that would have been coming this week. It seems it Maybe does seem like what every week, you know? weekend to drop the weekend. The house. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I guess until uh, until next time, we are we are left with with no more announcements uh, until we get one. So. We'll be back next Friday, and we'll 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 figure something out for you. And we're we're definitely flying by the seat of our pants on these episodes, just because it is announcement season. So it's we're we're kind of just throwing them together, hopefully waiting for some uh, some official news from from our friends over at Universal Studios. Yeah, that's the hope. So let's see what happens. <laughs> well, but until next time, this is Nick, and this is Seamus. Happy haunts. And again, I would just like to thank Vampire Stepdad for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music. So if you would, just go check him out, Spotify, Facebook. Again, that is Vampire Stepdad.